After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Mahalo, Evan. Today's guest is Eddie Flores, President and CEO of LNL Drive-In and LNL Hawaiian Barbecue Restaurants chain. LNL currently has 145 locations that stretch across nine different states. Eddie has been awarded numerous awards, including the Small Business Administration and Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year for the State of Hawaii. Eddie established a Filipino fiesta and parade and raised $14.2 million for the Filipino Community Center. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Eddie Flores. Welcome to our show, Eddie. Aloha. So you purchased your first L&L restaurant in 1976 for your mother. Yeah, really. It's uh, 1976. Uh, at that time, I was a business broker meaning that uh, we sell restaurants, bars, and so on. And I found this little restaurant for sale down at Liliha Street. And uh, my mom was working as a cashier at uh, Patty's Kitchen down at Ala Moana. And, you know, my mom is Chinese. And being Chinese, you know, they very uh, has a very entrepreneurial spirit. They always wanted to own a restaurant. So I bought her the restaurant gave it to her as a gift. And her reaction, or did she know the transaction was in the process? Well, she was very surprised. And uh, very elated, very happy, and very thankful. And uh, as soon as she started to make money, I, I fire her. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that's a joke, you know. I mean, wait. So how did she uh, figure out how to run it? If she was running a, as a cashier, running a business is a whole different story, right? She doesn't know how to run it. Uh, she doesn't know how to cook either. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and the funny thing was, uh, it was, was you know we're very fortunate because the, the people that sold it to us was uh, Mrs. Uh, Kitagawa. And uh, she, she stayed back and helped us a little. And, uh, and my mom knows uh, Neil, you know, a cleaning lady, uh, a Fong, and she came over and helped us too. So we learned how to make the hamburger and so on. Uh, so that's how she learned, you know. So L&L, what, what made you buy L&L versus another restaurant then? Well, I bought L&L for, for one reason. It's about a block away from where we used to live at Liliao Street. We used to live uh, right at the corner of school and Liliao Street, and L&L is uh, just about a block away. Mm -hmm. So... It's perfect for us, and, uh, and it's making money. It's a very good small business, and I do a lot of analysis of businesses. When I saw that, I said, hey, I'm going to buy for my mom and make her work. So was the transaction just more of ownership because that lady that sold it to you? Well, she sold it to us, and uh, mm -hmm. we paid 22000 for it. Uh -huh. And she still stayed there, you said. And what about the no, other just, employees? She just stayed back and helped us. Oh. Uh, and we make money, it's very simple, because the whole family work there. You know, my sisters, myself, uh, we don't get paid. So know. it's just a matter of figuring it out then? Well, that's, that's how entrepreneurship, people just don't understand entrepreneurship, you know. Uh, if I have to hire a manager to run it, uh, I might need to double my sales to break even. But the whole family runs it, half the sales, you make money. Right. So when did you guys decide to franchise? Uh, the franchise uh, came uh, in about 1989. Uh, what happened was uh, back in 1976, uh, my mom, she did not want to work at nighttime. She was tired of working at nighttime. 
So I call up my good friend, uh, Mr. Johnson Camp, uh, and I asked him if he wants to be a partner. And I sold him half the interest, and he became a partner. Five years later, my mom said she had enough of restaurant business. It's very hard work. And we sold everything to Johnson Camp. So I was out of the uh, restaurant business, being graduated from University of Hawaii with a degree in business. So you'd expect me to wash dishes and do all those dirty work, right? So uh, I, I was never interested in restaurant business. Uh, and Johnson was a very uh, nice man, very generous. And a number of his friends asked him, hey, you know, you're doing good. Johnson, can you teach me how to open up a, an L&L plate lunch? And uh, he actually helped them. Taught them how, how, how to cook, gave them some money, and they opened up uh, an LNL, the second one. You mean he just helped them for the sake of helping them, or he had a business deal going on? Oh, absolutely. He just helped them. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the kind of partner I really like. And in 1989, we were vacationing in Maui. I still remember about our family. And I told him, you know, you did that for about two, three of your friends. You know, that doesn't seem right. And that's not the Chinese way of doing business. We're supposed to make money. We're supposed to, uh, you know, make a profit, uh, but you, you just don't give it away. And he agreed, and he asked me if I want to come back and uh, help him. And I came back uh, as, as the president and uh, started to expand L&L in 1991. And mind you, that was the beginning of the Gulf War. So what, were sales good or bad when the Gulf War started? Was it, was it hard? Well, you know, there, I don't know if you guys remember. You guys may be too young to remember that, huh, the Gulf War. I don't I don't think I was still, too young. I just don't remember okay, that yeah, but, much. Yeah. But during the Gulf War, that was the beginning of the first long recession in Hawaii. We never have a recession. We have uh, cycles in real estate up and down, but not a true recession. And that lasted almost like nine years. And people were dying and crying all over the state of Hawaii. But for us, at that time, we have about five to six L&L. And we actually grew during the recession in nine years and grew up to about 50 restaurants. So how did you guys do that when other companies were going out of business? Well, I, I really don't know, uh, if you ask me. I think uh, basically when, when you're dealing with fast food business, uh, we're, we're kind of like recession-proof. When people don't have money, they eat at L&L. <laughs> <laughs> they don't go down to Roy's or they don't go down to Michelle. I mean, they go down to L- I mean, we don't have money, you, you eat at L&L. So these people that were opening new L&L locations, you know, you're known for being really generous. Did you also just allow them to open up with your money or was it now being a franchise type of Well, you know, back in, in, in the 90s uh, when we started to expand again, uh, back to Johnson's philosophy again, you know, I mean, being a very generous man. Uh, what he did was uh, when, when, he, when I found a location, let's say I found a good location, I tell you, Johnson, I got this location. Let's, let's open it. And uh, he would look for one of his employees that we feel that has some uh, potential. And uh, we actually give him a percentage, like 20, 30, 40, 50%, depending, you know, how we work that out. And we, we gave him the percentage. And we guaranteed a loan. Uh, we guaranteed a lease and, uh, and let him run it just like he owned the business. And eventually, you know, we sell it to him 100%. And he owns uh, the business all by himself. And uh, most of these people are really Chinese immigrants, you know, with... Uh, no business knowledge, uh, they can speak English, and yet they work very hard. You know, uh, you go down to my restaurant, sometimes you may not have the service you expect. Uh, but again, they're all immigrants, and, you know, and they work very hard. So what do you think is the secret for Chinese immigrants that can make it, can't speak English, have no money, and, you know, people raised in America with a lot, 
some of them can't just can't I, seem to do it. I, I don't think I don't want to say just Chinese immigrants. I think if you look at the history, uh, the Vietnamese, uh, they're another group that came in with absolutely nothing. And you, you look around right now, they own so many businesses. It's incredible. Uh, I think the Korean too. Uh, they're the same thing. I, I think you know they're pretty natural in business. I mean, you don't have to tell them. I don't have to tell them how to do a balance sheet. I don't have to tell them to break even. All they know is uh, they make money, and uh, they don't speak English. They don't care. You know, they don't write checks. You know, the kids write the checks for them. Some of our franchisees in Hawaii, but uh, it, it's basically hard work. You know, I mean, they work seven days a week. Uh, Sometimes they put in uh, almost like uh, twelve, fifteen hours a day. So franchising when you first started off, wasn't that? Isn't it hard to set up an actual franchise system because there's so many, you know, legalities and, and restrictions and so on? Well, franchising is uh, very difficult to set up. In fact, when I first started, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I don't think too many companies in Hawaii really franchise and become successful. I can't think of anyone. You know, I don't know if you can tell me. Uh, but we are actually one of the first local company in Hawaii that started the franchise and became very successful. Uh, that's a lot to learn. Uh, there are a lot of rules, a lot of regulations, and uh, fortunately, I'm a very fast learner from uh, Kali Palama. We learn very fast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Eddie Flores, President and CEO of LNL Drive-In and LNL Hawaiian Barbecue Restaurants chain. They have been open for almost 30 years and have served thousands of people across the country in nine different states. Eddie is also recognized in the real estate industry as a highest rated instructor and has written a couple of books about listing and selling. Going back to Johnson, you know, he taught you the philosophy of being generous. Who taught him this philosophy of, you know, just taking the chance and investing in your friends and family? I think it boils back to the, uh, the immigrant philosophy. You know, even back in the old days, uh, if you look at the uh, Chinese immigrants when they came here, they have all these societies and they help each other, especially you from the same village. And I can see, uh, you know, Johnson's doing the same thing. In fact, uh, interesting was that when I was in Peru, Lima, we just came back from Lima with our family on vacation. And uh, he was doing the same thing. You know, it, it, you know, all his friends in Lima it was thanking him. They were helping him. And some of them were helping, you know, his family, you know, earlier. So it's kind of uh, uh, helping each other, uh, being, you know, immigrants. Did he ever have a shop that didn't do so well that he had to step in and... Well, you know, nothing is uh, foolproof, and we do have some shops that uh, we don't make money. Uh, I think uh, in, in Hawaii, we may have closed one or two out of the 50, and that's mm -hmm. a very good record. Right. And the one we closed is at Chinatown Cultural Plaza. 
So you actually have 147 locations now. Well, I think about 140 to 150. I, I lost count. Uh, locations all over the United States. And, and what's so funny is uh, uh, it all started in Hawaii. We got about 50 in Hawaii, but in mainland, we got 100. And how yeah. did you folks expand to the mainland? Oh, that's, uh, that's really interesting, uh, you know, because uh, just before the uh, 9-11, you know, we went up there and I visited uh, one of our uh, former employees in San Francisco. And uh, he opened up a location, in a location almost like in Kalihi, very, you know, kind of, I don't want to say rough, but it's not a really good uh, business location. It's not a prototype. And he was making money. He's ready to open a second one. When I, when I saw that, I told John, said, hey, look, there's a lot of potential. This guy can't speak English, has no money, not as good looking as we are. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, doing so well, you know, uh, we should be able to do well, too. So we started to research in California. And we went to California, opened up the first one in, in Los Angeles. And it became very successful. And we opened the second and third. And wham, I don't know what happened. It just uh, keep ballooning and it keep growing. Do you advertise or is it just word of mouth people are hearing it, about this? Right now, it's mostly word of mouth. In fact, we have people. Uh, I'll give you a case in uh, Seattle. We opened in Linwood, Seattle. And uh, th this gentleman actually drove about one hour to the ferry and he takes the ferry and then drive again to eat at L&L for chicken katsu every Saturday with no exception. So I told my manager, if he comes back again, make sure you raise the price. <laughs> <laughs> if the guy is willing to travel that far, you know, raise the price. <laughs> okay, so when, when you first arrived at 16, what, what did you do for work? Or were you just going to school? Well, actually, I, I came here. Uh, my, my mom was actually was born here in Hawaii. But she went back to China, and my dad was born in the Philippines. He's a full-blooded Filipino. And he went to Hong Kong to work as a musician. In fact, with the, uh, the parents of uh, Society of Seven. They were playing music together. Uh, I was born in Hong Kong and came to Hawaii when I was 16. And uh, I registered for McKinley High School. And uh, unfortunately, my father couldn't find a job. We have seven kids in our family. So he sent me to live with my uncle in San Francisco. So I went to high school in San Francisco, uh, came back here for college. Uh, attended University of Hawaii, graduated with a degree in business, and uh, worked for the bank for a couple of years and started my own real estate company when I was only 24, I think. And what made you get into real estate? Why I want to go into real estate? That's where the money is being made. Uh, when I was in high school, I wrote a book report on uh, how I turned a thousand dollars into a million dollars investment. The teacher was asking me, well, well, why are you writing a book like that? Why don't you write something about Lord of the Flies or, you know, something that, you know, real literature? I said, well, you know, that's what I want to do. And from when I was young, I didn't really want to make money. And I think real estate is one of the best place, uh, you know, uh, industry to be in to make money if you understand the real estate cycle and so on. What was the reason you wanted to make money? Maybe I'm part Chinese. I don't know, you know, <laughs> uh, but uh, now being from a poor family. Uh, you know, hey, we always like to make money. We like to have things that people have. And uh, I don't know. I mean, me being an entrepreneur is really uh, inborn. I, I hate to say that, you know, uh, from day one. I can tell you stories when I was a kid, uh, like 10 years old. I used to go down the street and buy a slice of watermelon, a slice of watermelon for a dollar, cut it into three pieces, and actually sell it to my brother and sister. Sell it? <laughs> 
I didn't give it to them. I sell it to them, you know. And and uh, to me, it was pretty normal. Maybe it's just when I was brought up uh, in a lot of a Chinese culture. I don't know, you know, listen to the stories. We don't have TV that time. We just, you know, listen to a lot of uh, stories, you know, about you know, seeing how people do business. I don't know. You know, I mean, it's not acceptable in the American culture to actually sell it to your siblings, you know. But uh, I was doing it, you know, 50 cents, and uh, I make a dollar, and I get one piece free for myself to eat. Um, did you, are you, do your siblings have this type of entrepreneur spirit as well? Uh, unfortunately, they don't have that. You know, I think I'm the only one in the family that really have the entrepreneur spirit to go out there and really want to make money. Uh, and do a lot of different things. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Eddie Flores, President and CEO of LNL Drive-In and LNL Hawaiian Barbecue Restaurant Chains. Did you have a mentor or a series of mentors that kind of helped you along your way in business? I really don't have any mentors. You know, I was thinking about it. Uh, no, I don't have any mentors. I think my mom could be the closest thing I can think of because uh, she's really a wheeler dealer. Uh, she likes to wheel and deal, like to, to sell uh, things around. And uh, from day one, maybe I have seen that and, uh, you know, learn, you know, to be an entrepreneur. But how about for, like, real estate? You didn't, did somebody take you under their wing and show you the ropes or you just kind of learn it on your own or how, how did you do it? Well, real estate is, uh, you know, I, I just learned myself. You know, uh, I, I work at a bank uh, for a couple of years. I stopped preparing myself by taking the real estate exam. When I got my broker's uh, license, I, I just quit the bank and went to real estate myself. I, I have no idea what I was doing. And uh, I actually hired about 10, 15 people. And I was only about 24, 25 years old. That, that was kind of strange, but people cut, you know, came in and I interviewed them. And I hired them, and I started to work. And uh, when I started real estate, we went through a uh, kind of like a, a cycle, a mini recession. And I wasn't doing that bad. I'm doing that good. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I, I even have a projection called a doomsday projection when I'll be out of money and back working for the bank again. You know, uh, but fortunately, you know, I, I somehow stumbled, stumbled into selling business opportunities, restaurant bars, uh, uh, grocery stores, uh, and whatnot. And uh, I, I became one of the experts in town. And I became very successful. Uh, and then, you know, and, and then I stopped selling a lot of commercial real estate. And, and my background is really in real estate, not, not in restaurant business. So where does the whole community part come in then? Because it seems like, I mean, you're obviously extremely money motivated, but then you also do are involved with so many community organizations. How did these things tie in? Well, you know, from, from day one, I've been telling people, if you're successful, you have to give back to your community. 
And uh, there's no if or buts. Uh, you can't just uh, keep making money and not give back. And the best way to give back is by actively participate in uh, the community activities. You know, if you wait till you die and, and give back, it doesn't make sense. No one's going to appreciate you. No one's going to say thanks. I mean, even if they say thanks, you can't even hear it. <laughs> you know, so it's better to me to give back uh, when you're still alive and do as much as you can to help other people uh, that are less fortunate. So at what stage of your career did you start getting involved with the community? Was it at, after you, you had made a substantial amounts of money or was it even in the beginning stages? Well, even in the beginning stages, uh, I was doing some volunteer work. Uh, you know, I, I coach uh, soccer. Uh, in fact, I was the coach of the Chinese uh, soccer team too. We have a team called Watching and we have money. And I used to go down to the Chinese chamber and ask them for, you know, for, for, for support. Uh, and I did all kind of things. Uh, you know, uh, I was pretty involved in the real estate industry. Uh, you know, did a lot of uh, you know, volunteer work. But the, the, the major thrust actually came in 1990, uh, you know, when I decided to, you know, to really come out more to, to help the community. And at that time, I have to decide, okay, should I help the Filipino or should I help the Chinese? You know, because I'm half, half, half Filipino, half Chinese. But then I decided, well, you know, the, the, the Filipino probably need me more than the Chinese. The Chinese are pretty well established in Hawaii. So, so I just went to the Filipino Chamber of Commerce one day and I told them, hey, my name is Eddie and I want to help you. In fact, they were all surprised because I don't know anyone in the Filipino community. I, I probably know more people in the Chinese community. And I was so happy, but they all accepted me with uh, open hands. And uh, and uh, from then on, uh, you know, I, I work with them on a number of projects, uh, including uh, starting classes on uh, teaching entrepreneurs how to start small businesses. I conducted a number of classes. Uh, you know, I got the funding, and we were teaching that. Uh, we did the trade mission. We we I started the fiesta and the parade. Uh, you know, for the Filipino. And but the biggest project I worked on was the Filipino Community Center, which is about twelve years ago. And it took me almost ten years of my time. Uh, believe me, when I say 10 years, it's 10 years, and I'll have meetings, almost like uh, five to 10 meetings every week at that time, you know, to, to get the project uh, on the ground. And I'm glad it's all finished. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Radio, radio.
You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Eddie Flores, President and CEO of LNL Drive-In and LNL Hawaiian Barbecue Restaurants Chain. Today, Eddie shares with us how he expanded the LNL chain from one store to 145, yet still made time to be involved in the community to give back and share his experience with others. Eddie established the Filipino Fiesta and Parade and raised $14.2 million for the Filipino Community Center. So if you're having so many meetings, five to ten meetings a week, how did you manage your time with doing the community service of trying to get the Filipino Community Center started as well as trying to help and manage the LNL restaurant change? Well, you know, it's very time-consuming. You just need to have good people working for you. Uh, you need to know how to delegate and tell people what to do. You know, if if I tell you today, people ask me, how many hours do I work? Do I work, you know, like 80 hours a week? No, I don't. You know, uh, when, when when you work up to a higher position like a CEO or president, most of them, uh, you know, they have to attend a lot of functions, a lot of community work. You know, I don't care who you talk to. Uh, so myself, I usually start work pretty early. Uh, when I get up, I go to work. I'm looking forward to work every day. I don't know about you guys, you know, uh, to tell you a story. One time, uh, New Year's Eve, you know, we slept, you know, and I woke up at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning on New Year's Day. And my wife was still sleeping. My kids are sleeping. And I say, hey, I got nothing to do. Let me go to work on New Year's Day. Can you believe that? <laughs> I actually drove to work and came back at 8 o'clock and took my family out. And they're still sleeping, you know, for breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, but, uh, you know, I'm motivated to work and I just love to work. So what do you say to people that are saying, you know, we're, we're just so busy working, we can't do community things. I'll wait till after I retire or after I make it big in order to get involved with the community. What's your opinion on that? Well, my opinion is that you should start right now because uh, if you can spare one hour, two hours, do anything, you know, just to help. Uh, you know, there are so many places you can volunteer. Uh, you know, young people that need your help, you can mentor them, you can do anything you want. Because when you say you retire, you know, you may not... You may not reach that stage. You might mock you after that, before that, right? You know, I mean, you know, do it now and be appreciated by people. And I found out the more I, my, I volunteer, uh, the more appreciation I receive from, from a lot of friends, uh, people, strangers. I, people actually stop me on the street and shake my hands, thank me sometimes. Hmm. Kind of surprised me. So your passion, it seems to be for teaching, though, right? Well, I, I like to teach. You know, it's fun. Uh, I like to crack a lot of jokes. Uh, you know, the funny thing was uh, when I was at UH, uh, I was so afraid of speaking. Uh, b- being English is not my uh, my native tongue, and I was so afraid to speak. And I was telling myself, you know, if I work for the bank, you know, how can I speak in front of people? But after a while, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You get used to it, you become good. And the more you practice, the better you're going to be. So you're finding that uh, teaching is giving you more, I guess, fulfillment, than, or is it more fundraising for the Community center, what, what is it? Oh, I it think teaching is fun. You know, uh, you know I, I try to crack a joke, uh, and my wife, she never listened to me. <laughs> and I told her, hey, people actually pay to listen to me. <laughs> uh, and, and I enjoy it. It's, you know, maybe I should be a comedian, you know, one day too. You know, if I can't do anything else, I'd be a comedian. But again, comedians are really tough life, hard to make money. So what's your, uh, what's your philosophy on, on business people in general? Giving back to the community. I think most businesses should give back. You know, when you're talking about big corporations, they, they all have a lot of programs, like Bank of Hawaii, 
Alexander Baldwin, you know, those are Central Pacific Bank. You know, they, they, they have the people specifically require them to, you know, give back to the community. Of a small business it's just or, a small you know, business so they just don't understand that you know maybe we have to educate some of the small business uh you know people uh, again sometimes it's very hard to blame them because the uh, small business people the whole family works in there and they put in like you know 60 hours a week but they should consider start helping uh, the community you know uh, i don't know what you know just 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 do anything to help mm-hmm. what value would you tell them they would get out of that Oh, that's, that's a lot more than you expected. You know, I'm telling you, I, when, when I volunteer, you know, I don't expect anything in return. But uh, in the long run, I got more than I got back, believe me. You know, not just the appreciation, uh, you know, the business-wise too. You know, a lot of people, you know, come to my restaurant because they know that, you know, I'm helping other people. And that was not my intent from the, from the very beginning. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.